Today, we are talking about intimacy, closeness of relationships. And the call, which Jeff just sang for us so well, is the fourth piece of a song cycle based on the poems written by George Herbert. This is designed for a post-Easter celebration in which Jesus first calls the writer or reader or singer to his way and is then called into our life, but never directly by name. Instead, Jesus is referred to by his qualities. The last verse, come my joy, my love, my heart, such a joy as none can move, such a love as none can part, such a heart as joys in love. These words hint at the deep relationship God desires with us, inviting us into a loving closeness, a love that none can part. What a strong line that is, a love that none can part, a love that knows us so well and so deeply, a love that is with us at all hours of the day and night, at all times and all places. I'm wondering, how does it make you feel when you consider the closeness of God in our lives? Do you feel comforted or perhaps a little uncomfortable? This is the question at hand today. So let us now ponder these thoughts, open our hearts, open our minds and ears to what Psalm 139 is telling us. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from far away. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, O Lord, you know it completely. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is so high that I cannot attain it. For it was you who formed my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works that I know very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes beheld my unformed substance, and your book were written all the days that were formed for me, when none of them as yet existed. How weighty to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! I try to count them. They are more than the sand. I come to the end. I am still with you. The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of our Lord stands forever. Amen. So, 
When you hear this word intimate or intimacy, what do you think of? Speaking for myself, the first things to come to mind are not usually my relationship with God or my spirituality. Merriam-Webster defines intimacy as a state marked by emotional closeness. Now, intimacy is a complex feeling for many of us to discuss. Our experiences and even preferences with intimacy vary, especially at a time like now where isolation and distancing are more preferred. But intimacy with God is inescapable. Though we know God knows us completely, our dirty laundry, our deepest secrets and fears, we feel shame. We fall short and we feel like we might want to hide from God. But yet here we are, humans designed for intimacy. We are literally made for this, is what the psalm is telling us. But if we cannot be intimate, experience that state of emotional closeness with one another, we fail to be intimate with God. Intimacy can be both scary and uncomfortable. There are multiple truths in this text. Psalm 139 is entitled, The Inescapable God. Now, this isn't to say that God is stalking you or hunting you down, waiting for you outside of your workplace kind of closeness. There is no human figure on your shoulder. This is about a grace so intimate and beloved, it's irresistible. When we enter the poetry and prose of Psalm 139, we see that though we are known fully faults and all, we come face to face with a Lord who, though knowing us, loves us nonetheless. In verse 2, for example, the Hebrew word for discern can also translate as to understand. You understand my thoughts from far away. Here, David is noting that not only does God know each inch of us, God understands us fully. Intimacy affords something grander than love. It affords belonging and understanding. David is professing the wonder-filled joy and uplifting reality of being a covenant child in the palm of a loving God. Psalm 139 strikes us in our hearts with the rawness of beautiful truths addressed here. David's psalm speaks to the very marrow of our bones and to the innermost parts of who we are. This psalm strikes us because it reflects an experience, a living and breathing representation of an intimate relationship with God spoken through an intimate theology. Here, the theological truth is spoken through a prose. 
More so, the psalm is so striking because of the audacity we hear in it. We hear the words, you formed my inward parts. And we stop and think about the beauty and the surprise of it. I mean, this is some shocking words here on a page. It kind of feels a bit graphic almost. But the writer here is not trying to divulge feminine anatomy. This is not a text that should be referenced for theological or political debate. That is not the purpose of this poetry. This text is putting language to a feeling, illustrating our deepest emotion with God. This is an invitation to dwell in the very depths of the seat of emotion and affection with God. I love that today this lesson from Psalm 139 correlates with Jeremiah 18, the story of the potter and the clay. This metaphor in particular is one of my favorites throughout biblical literature. Jeremiah illustrates a potter working and reworking clay, as Kate just read for us, discovering that this clay was once spoiled and damaged, but the potter still deemed it good. In this metaphor, we are to imagine that we are the art, and God is the artist. And when artists create art, they don't forget about it, even when it is out of sight, they still see it. They still know it. They still care deeply for it. It's always a piece of them, fully known and understood. I believe that this is how we are to understand our intimacy with God, close to one another in heart, knowing that even when we are damaged or broken, lost or unsure, doubting or unaware, God still deems us good and full of possibilities. And God invites us to share that intimacy with others. It's a wonder-filled kind of intimacy. One story comes to mind when thinking about where I've witnessed this level of intimacy lived out. Several months ago, during a cold Tuesday morning, we were getting ready to wrap up showers in the Hawes building. A man knocked on the door, and he was wondering if he still had time to take a shower. Though we were wrapping up, Officer Debbie and the volunteer that morning welcomed him in, offered him a cup of coffee, and got him everything he needed to take his shower. Once he was finished, he was asking them, about different places that he could get a meal that day or a place that he could stay that evening. These are very common conversations we have on Mondays and Tuesdays here. And the volunteer that morning, whom out of respect for them, I will not share their name, offered to take the man to lunch and give him a ride to the temporary thermal shelter that evening. From there, they spent the afternoon together talking and visiting and after about an hour or so, the volunteer took him to get some groceries so he'd have some food for his stay at the shelter, and they said their goodbyes. 
This man, a stranger to us all, someone who likely feels invisible and misunderstood regularly, left knowing that he is in fact not invisible. For one afternoon, he felt seen and known. Knowing and seeing others for their whole selves, seeing others as clay, is how we share God's intimacy with others. This is wonder-filled intimacy, being a living, breathing representation of Jesus. It's because of Jesus we can say with the psalm, search me, O God, and know my heart, and lead me in the way of everlasting. God does not view us for the dirtiness of our sins. God does not view us for our mistakes, fears, or doubts. We saw it right here in this text. God understands us. And when God looks at us, God sees us as Jesus. In that promise, we have an intimate relationship with God because in Christ, we are fully known. Just as the closing verse of the psalm states, God is still with us. This is present tense. God is here, still with us, still guiding us, still loving us, and always knowing us. In just a few minutes, we will celebrate the Lord's Supper together. And communion, as we know it in the Presbyterian Church, is a visible sign of an invisible grace, an intimate experience that we share with one another to better fully understand this deep sense of intimacy with God. It's a reminder that God is with us and knows us in a way that does not condemn us, but in a way that showers us with grace, inviting us to wonder filled intimacy. So today in our prayer of commitment, we lift up those who long for a deeper relationship with God and with others. We pray for our family, friends, spouses, children, neighbors, co-workers, grandchildren, ourselves. And we pray that God will guide us that God will encourage us to be vulnerable. And we pray that we will always stay close. We commit ourselves to loving others just as we have been loved. And we pray that we will be molded and shaped by such an intimate grace. Be thou my wisdom, be thou my true word, I ever with thee, and thou with me, Lord. Born of thy love, thy child may I be, 